0: Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. May we remember this truth in moments when we do not know what to do. What you are about to listen to are thoughts that were recorded in the month of June 2021. The general setting. Uganda, just like several other countries, is under strict regulations to help curb the rapid spread of the COVID-19 virus that has made many extremely sick and several friends have lost their loved ones. And now, here begins my journal when I found out that my 79-year-old mother had tested positive. The level of difficulty everyone has to go through varies per individual. But I believe that God is able to carry each one of us through life's difficult moments. This is only but a personal testimony. I hope you will be encouraged. This is day one of my being here in Atete. I arrived yesterday. I rode a bike about 10 miles. (laughs) took me about one hour and a half uh, it's it's my first long distance ride I'm just coming to see mom because of the lockdown and uh, except bikes no cars are allowed to move um, i'm sitting outside here and i just read through psalm 1 my goal is for the days that i'm here with mom i'll go through at least one chapter of the psalm every day i intend to read this with her today in luganda my luganda is extremely bad but i will try but it's important um, as i read through to note that uh, not that the psalm is talking about those who are going through a difficult time um, but it's talking about saints it's talking about people that uh, believe god people that uh, know him and uh, there's a group of people that are called blessed um, why uh, because they walk not in the counsel of the wicked but i also like the description that they are given they'll be like a tree planted by the rivers uh, of water uh, whose leaves shall not wither um, and in as much as the context is known for those who are suffering it's encouraging Uh, When you're going through a difficult time, uh, to remain faithful, to remain holy and steadfast. Uh, By holy, I mean set apart uh, in the things of God. Uh, And of course, uh, not that anyone has approached us, but there is always um, a temptation to take shortcuts, to save a life, hoping that God will understand. But today, I've been reminded, uh, if any of that comes, that I will not walk in the counsel of the wicked but I'll try as much as I can um, with the strength that he gives uh, to remain steadfast in his things not to take any shortcuts in any way of anyone asking for the bribe or to do anything wrong but to trust that God will take us through all of this we will stand firm and I, pro- I, I, I believe that our leaves will not wither this is day one I don't know how many more days are to go but I pray that I will remain faithful uh, in every way Thank you so much. So I just finished uh, having a conversation with mom concerning Psalm 1. Uh, I think I didn't do a terrible job when it came to reading uh, uh, the Psalm in Luganda. Of course, the the last verses there were kind of very difficult. But uh, today I was reminded that I'm the last born. Uh, in a very indirect way. Because when I began reading the psalm, I talked to my mom, I told her, I'm going to try and attempt to read this in Luganda. Please be patient with me, my Luganda is not that good. And so I began to read. And you will not believe that her correction came off memory. She knew the phrases, the verses in the first chapter by heart. I was challenged. Uh, <laughs> I was challenged. That the person I'm trying to minister to, is, uh, is already memorized this. It's, it's a part of her. And the second lesson for me is to be able to just have God's word really stored in my heart. Um, right now, I've just left her in the house. She's laying there on the chair. But I can promise you that her thoughts are guarded by God's word in every way. That's, it's such, it's amazing that in moments like this whether you don't know whether you will leave or not, I am confident a hundred percent that her thoughts are guarded by God's word. Um, I don't sense any sense of regret in her life, but I sense one who is strong, who is confident that God will take us through this. Now, of course, my application, like I shared with you earlier on, was to be firm and not to take shortcuts. Um, even during moments like these where there's so much anxiety and I, I, I shared that with her and then she took me back so many years ago i think before i was born uh, we had a a, a a sister her name was uh, deborah uh, a late 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 sister and she said i took your late sister to hospital one day in mulago and before that she shared with me that uh, that hospital then i don't know if it still happens now uh, there's a sense in which i think it still happens because it's a corrupt world she said then you used to go and uh, while you're in the waiting line they would ask you for your name and then the second question they would ask is who have you come with Uh, and in luganda it's ozenani and you have to be careful how you answer that question yeah because it implies whether you see the doctor or not and so apparently you're supposed to say i've come with someone called kasimbi now, there's an actual person called Kasimbi. It's an actual name. But that same name, Kasimbi, also has a meaning to it that means money, uh, which is ensimbi. But when you say, I've come with this gentleman called Kasimbi, it means you have an extra portion uh, for the doctors. And definitely, they'll write down your name and put a star on your name. And of course, when they're calling people in, they will call those who have come with Kasimbi, Meanwhile, those who have come with something extra uh, for the doctors, And she said when that happened, she would stand her ground and say, I've come alone, and uh, uh, this is me. And of course, they say, okay, yeah, all right, we will wait. And this one day, she took my sister to hospital. She had fallen while playing, and she had a cracked tooth, and she had some blood on her forehead. And again, she sat down, waited in the line, and the nurses came, and they asked her, what's your name, and who have you come with? And she told them, I've come with this child here who is not well. I think you can see You can see that there is blood on her. She's not well. And the nurse boldly asked the question, said, I wonder where we are going to get water to treat her. <laughs> and she said that at that point, there's a gentleman who was standing, I mean, waiting in line behind her. And the gentleman said, well, I'm going to go and get water uh, to treat my patient. And that water will be enough to treat this little girl as well. And I said, okay, at first I thought that was a metaphor to mean I am going to bribe for both of you. And it wasn't. Apparently there was a shortage at the hospital at that time of water. People literally had to buy water. And so this gentleman goes and buys a jerry can of water and some extra water for my sister. And my mom is there right now talking to me of a testimony thanking God for water at a hospital. Uh, to be able to treat uh, my sister I am amazed at one the amount of memory she has for details for things that God did for her so many years ago at a point where she needed medical help and today guys I'm confident that mom has God at heart in every way she's thankful even when she was thankful for a jerry of water, for even the smallest uh, signs—if I can—there's nothing that is a small sign of God's help. But even for the smallest, minute provision from God, right now, I'm sitting outside here, and uh, I guess once in a while you hear the chickens. I'm trying to think through these things, but uh, I'm trying to journal my thoughts so I don't forget. It's encouraging. This is only day one. And I pray that uh, God will take us through this and that you may find healing in this process. This is day number two. Um, about to head to bed. It's come to the end of the day. And uh, today has been very slow in one sense or another. Um, I did attempt to read some uh, two, but today I got my family. By my family, I mean my brother, my brothers, and uh, and sister. Onto uh, a Zoom call with my mom, and together we attempted to read some uh, chapter two uh, in Uganda together. It's it's it was a difficult one. Uh, most of the words there, you can imagine, English poetry is difficult, but. Uh, that translated to uganda most of the words were not our normal dialect but verse i think three and four um a word really stood out for me uh, today Um, i have not done a a big study uh, on that particular chapter two i cannot honestly tell you that i know what each of the verses stand for but i sensed um uh, a picture of uh, the psalmist trying to draw a contrast uh, between the rulers of this world and God and uh, the fact that he snares at our plans um, we plan we, we are good at strategic planning as leaders we want to know what is going to happen in the next ten years in the next five years and then we even cut down to three years and uh, we even narrow it down to one year and we do have monthly goals and even um, weekly meetings uh, to attempt to have objectives uh, to achieve. And, and by, just, uh, by, by observation you, you can see that everyone and humans naturally during a time like this we are comforted by our plans. We are comforted in uh, trying to put together steps that we are going to take uh, for our protection, steps that we are going to take to pro- uh, to provide or protect the, the loved ones. We want to shop for food enough, uh, say for a week or for a month, for as long as we can be able to plan. And that is good. There's no problem about that. But when you look at uh, the proverbs that says many are the plans of men, but God. The, the 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 important part there is but God. It's not ignoring the plans of men, but I can boldly say that those plans of men are empty if God is not in it. And, and so today was just a reminder that even as we plan, even as we attempt to try and uh, figure out or sort out upcoming challenges Um, we cannot afford to put god out of the picture because once we do he simply sits back and literally uh, laughs at at our plans because definitely they're going to fail definitely those plans uh, will fail mom has been fairly uh, okay she's still slow um Uh, still weak. Um, I think uh, the medicines and also the worry that sometimes uh, may come with general weaknesses is weighing her down. Uh, But I must say that uh, her being able to see all her children, uh, even though they were not physical, but on Zoom, was a great encouragement. Um, She's spent most of the day uh, just laying down in the couch in the sitting room And I pray, I continue to pray, that uh, she'll be able to recover uh, fully. Um, I still know and believe that uh, she's trusting God uh, for total healing. Um, But she's confident that, uh, I'm confident that she knows God, uh, like I shared with you guys um, yesterday. I also, maybe, I don't know how important this is, but I went ahead and bought the oximeter, bought a pair of batteries, and they weren't working I took it back and uh, they put new batteries in it and so starting tomorrow I'll try and uh, try and keep track of her oxygen levels Um, I still hope that uh, she will pull through this and uh, I'm confident that God loves us and God is taking care of us we are making plans um, buying all these gadgets and uh, equipment and medication but we trust that God is the ultimate healer. And we hope uh, in that. That's the end of today. This, this was such an interesting day. Uh, this was on Sunday after the service. I never got a chance to sit with mom in the morning um, because I was, I was conducting an online service. So at about uh, 1 p.m. Still sat down, very glad to see her. Um, she was looking a bit stronger. And uh, so we read through Psalm uh, 3 again in Luganda. Th- this particular chapter was a bit more gentle uh, in terms of uh, the language. But one of the important things, I think the way verse 6 is phrased in Uganda, it, uh, it seems to imply that we fear people most of the time. And so i stopped and i told my mom is it interesting how we are afraid of people's opinions we are afraid of people and uh and this was in preparation for for us to begin to talk about the the concept of stigma especially when it comes to one being sick with the covid uganda has a history of uh, the stigma when it came to aids everyone that got it was uh, was thought of as immoral because we knew the primary uh, transmission of AIDS uh, was through um, um, sexual intercourse and not everyone who got it but that's how it was viewed and so when you got AIDS people stigmatized you but it had also become the same thing with uh, with COVID Um, and the stigma for me is also maybe in my perspective one is viewed as having been careless uh, with themselves they never social distanced. they never uh, wore their mask or they never sanitized and uh, that that's why that's why but also that is not true because my mom never left home Uh, she she already stayed home because of the state that she is in and it's not because she was careless and so that is entirely not true but it's interesting when you see when, when I was arrived, in, when I arrived at home, um, I noticed a difference. In different uh, times, there were so many people who kept uh, using the road near the house, but now they were beginning to use a road that is further from the house. It's only when you see them that they stop to greet, uh, and so it was true. Um, she actually mentioned. A couple of people say, okay, these girls live near me, but they cannot even simply come and stand by the door and greet. And if you're in Africa, you know that greeting is very, very essential uh, in a community. And so we are beginning to address the whole concept of, uh, of, the, of the stigma that comes with uh, someone having AIDS and HIV. And I told my mom, I, I just mentioned in the statement, I said, mom, is it interesting how we fear people how we are afraid of people's opinions and she said yeah that that is true in fact if uh, someone is in the house and they hear some noise outside at night they will exclaim and say I, I think I think there's someone outside they never say I think there's an animal outside they are always afraid of people um, even more than animals even more than wild animals And I thought that was interesting the first thought is to be afraid that there's someone outside it should be there's an animal That if there's someone outside it should be a friendly person outside and I know that is also ridiculous to think that everyone who is outside your home in the middle of the night is friendly because that's a time when thieves move around but it's interesting why how we fear people uh, they seem to cause more damage than wild animals and so that was Yesterday, the one lesson I learned, and uh, my mom did emphasize that uh, with that beautiful example of how culture has changed before we lived in a community where everyone was concerned for the other, but now we fear people, we're afraid of their opinion, we want to please them, and so we end up living lives that are, that are plastic because of what people say, and I don't want to get into the whole culture of social media and posting and all those things and selfies because you already know what that means and so may today be an encouragement to anyone who may be listening to this uh, log that uh, we shouldn't be afraid of people we should not be afraid of people let's let's try and help let's try and and be there for them don't be afraid uh, to mention uh, or to be vulnerable I know people use that information uh, for the wrong reasons. They use it for um, their own pleasure, through gossip and other things. I think that's why we sometimes hold on to uh, very sensitive information. And that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we should put all our sensitive uh, lifestyles and information online for everyone to read. But I'm simply saying, do not be afraid of people. Do not be afraid of people. End of log. This is day number four. I'm preparing to go and uh, be with mom. Uh, Today I woke up, I couldn't sleep much last night. And so I got up this morning, tried to jog around, uh, did a couple of miles, uh, came back, took a shower, uh, just read through Psalm four, and I'm preparing to uh, just simply share a couple of thoughts uh, with mom. And I pray that uh, Psalm four will be a blessing uh, for her uh, today, and uh, it's interesting when you when you look at a couple of verses here. Of course, it begins in verse one: "Answer me when I call, O God, my righteousness. You've given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me, and hear my prayers. None that God doesn't hear, He always hears prayers." And then verse two: "How, O men, O men, how long shall my honour be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and speak after lies?" But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself, and the Lord hears when I call. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your hearts, on your beds, and be silent. And today, I want to speak to my mom and encourage her from verse four. And I know there are people who can hurt you with words, and there are people who can hurt you by behavior. And having talked about the stigma yesterday, I want to just simply talk to her about forgiveness today, and say, mom as you lie on your bed, as, you, as you're being silent in your heart, as you ponder in your heart, on your bed, uh, do not be angry. Do not be angry. Uh, pray for them. Pray for those who might have hurt you by either their behaviour or words, and don't harbour any resentment." So that's going to be my message today, uh, to her in form of encouragement. I, I will, I'll I'll kind of give you feedback of what happens uh, after that discussion. But today we're looking at Psalm chapter four. We'll see you later. This is day number five, but I felt a need to just simply take us back to day zero, if I can put it that way, the day um, I found out that mom was infected uh, with the coronavirus. Um, About a week uh, before that day, um, there's a young man in the house uh, whose name I shall not say. had symptoms of COVID, and so sent him money, and I asked him to go and get tested, and he was afraid to go. So I asked him why, and he said, "David, there's rumors that uh, it's at the hospital that one is given this virus." And so I told him, "Hey, look here, man. Um, I've travelled to Mombasa, I've travelled to Rwanda in this past one month, and in one month alone, I have had over seven tests." Uh, Some you take before you travel, others you take um, when you're departing. Then, uh, because you're coming from Mombasa, I took another one uh, upon arrival, um, and and the story goes on. But he was still afraid, and uh, eventually I told him, don't do this for you, do this for mom. Uh, Why? Because if you're infected, we'd like to know so we can isolate you and so that mom does not catch the virus so he agreed to go um, and to cut the story short the results came back and he was negative but uh, a week later uh, mom is feeling weak and so she goes to hospital I didn't even know she was going to hospital didn't even know she was weak but just uh, sitting at home I. I made a resolution to keep checking on people, making phone calls to them and just asking how we can pray for them and uh, which better person to call that day apart from my mom who I had not heard from for days. So I called and she's like, Hey, David, I'm at the hospital. I'm not feeling well. um, And I'm going to test for COVID. Um, At first I was angry that I did not know she was actually heading to the hospital, um, but I eventually let it go. Eventually, I got another phone call from my sister, who confirmed. And so immediately, I was in shock, but went on my knees with grace, and we prayed for mom. Um, A couple of hours later, um, I get a phone call. This was now a group call with me and the rest of my siblings. And yes, it was confirmed that mom had COVID. I I did not know what to do. Um, I was in shock. Um, I could not believe, because at that point, we were receiving lots and lots of sad news of people that had passed on who were much younger uh, than uh, my mom, who is now 79. And so we continued to pray. And I told Grace, she's afraid. Because when I talked to her on the phone, she was really, really afraid. And uh, out of a hasty decision, I said, mom, I'm coming to see you. If it means walking from here, because at that point there were no cars allowed. Until now, there are no private cars allowed to uh, to move. I said, I'll pack a few clothes, I'll come and see you. I'm going to be with you. you're not in this alone. We shall try and walk through it together. And I, she didn't hesitate. She did not hesitate. She said, okay. And you could feel a sense of relief that she's not alone in this. Because naturally people run away, people take off uh, when they hear that you are infected. And for good reasons, for good reasons. Um, and so I talked to Grace. It was a difficult decision to make. But Grace surprisingly agreed, without hesitation, and said, I understand, it's mom. And of course now, after the initial shock, I'm sitting down and thinking, okay, David, are you making the right decision? Look, you have two daughters, you have a wife that is pregnant, Uh, expecting um, almost into her third trimester, are you sure you want to do this? And of course at that point I began to think about my unborn child. And I'm thinking, will I ever see them? Um, I, there is no way this story ends the right way. I, I was just thinking to myself, this is a disaster. You're making a very bad decision. Um, even until the point of recording this video, um, I'm still anxious a bit. God has taken care of most anxieties, but I'm still anxious about certain things, and I told Grace, Grace, look, um, I plan to leave the next day in the morning, and if you feel uncomfortable at any point, all you have to say is do not go. You don't even have to explain to me. Um, You don't have to give me an explanation. If you feel uncomfortable in any way, please just say the word. I'll cancel the trip in a heartbeat. And so, we went through the night, called the kids, and of course I had to tell them. And uh, called them, they don't usually sit down with me to have such serious talks. So I told them, have a seat. And uh, for the first two minutes, they thought we were playing a game. And I told them, okay, look here, people are sick uh, with COVID, and they are like, yeah, 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 they are. And uh, from a child's understanding, I mean, they're thinking for as long as we are okay here at home, everything should be okay. I told the mom is sick. My mom is sick with COVID. And Faith, the older one, at that point realized this is not uh, a playing game. This is not a playing matter. It's not a game. And she said, oh, so sorry to hear that. I told her, look, I'm going to take care of my mom. I'm going to go and take care of her. And I'm not sure uh, what the end will look like. I may catch the virus, but I need you to understand that for us to love someone, we cannot put ourselves first. We put them first. I'm going to try as much as I can. I do have your pictures on my phone, and every time I look at these pictures, I will remember to be careful. Because I want to come back to you. And Faith could not hold her tears. I couldn't. And at that point, we hugged and they were all just crying out loudly. Um, It was was difficult, Um, it was very, very difficult. It was difficult. We prayed together, and for some reason faith has this tendency of making cards so she started getting colors and pens and began to write notes and say, Daddy, 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 you open this uh, when you get there. And I thought she was done. She wrote so many letters within that short period of time. She wrote so many cards. Honestly, I got to a point of packing my bag and I thought I'm packing papers, but mom, Mom said, don't leave any of these papers behind. And I packed all of them. And so the next day she had a plan on uh, what to do, on how we are going to say bye to dad. And she got up in the morning and said, making pancakes. And she packed for my trip. I got on my phone and sent a couple of messages to friends, and sent to Devi and Arthur. And I told them what was going on. And Arthur said, you don't have to walk. I have a bike, which you can take. Um, and so I, I'm glad. I'm glad for the bike. I'm really glad for the bike. I'm glad for friends who were initially ready to pray with us. And uh, I'm glad they didn't even try to stop me. Um, and so the next day I get up in the morning I couldn't sleep the night before. I thought I would leave very early in the morning before the sun comes, but I could not sleep. I tried to catch sleep in the morning, about maybe five, six, and so I slept in. And uh, it was getting to midday and I hadn't yet left. Um, so I went and picked up the bike. There was no pressure. And I met a friend along the way who had a pump. And that's Peter, pumped the tires at his house. And he told me, David, whatever happens, don't take your mom to a government hospital. And of course he had his reasons. He had lost five relatives. And uh, all of that because they had gone to a government hospital according to him. And he had his own reasons as to why. And I listened to him and left. I got home with my final departure and uh, Grabbed my bag, we prayed together again, and the kids seemed to be more calm than before. Um, and of course, when I went home with the bike, Faith was more excited about the bike uh, than me. It began to ride around the house while I talked to mom and uh, we had to say bye. So, got onto the bike, and for the first time the kids tried to run after the bike (laughs) while I was leaving. That was a very painful picture to watch. But I knew that if anything, whether the decision I'm making is unwise or not, this whole COVID thing, this whole scenario, uh, there is no easy way it ends, there is no easy way it goes, either the patient goes through a sense of loneliness and uh, the pain of stigma, Um, if you stayed home you're not sure yourself because mom never left home, she had nowhere to go, she stayed away but she still got it and as I speak she's the only one who has it in the whole house she was still not safe and i thought about all of this and the only word or foundation i could stand on was the foundation of love Um, greater love knows no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends my mom is more than a friend and laying down my life for her is the least I could do, knowing the things that she did. And I prayed and hoped that my actions would bring honor and glory to God. At least try to show the picture of what Christ did. Because to love is to give yourself away. Love is not easy, and it's painful, and you lose yourself in the process and there's been a very high sense of self-preservation even when the pandemic hit two years ago um, you could tell from the news how many were shopping for their houses and uh, fighting for toilet paper there's a sense of self-preservation but I thought to myself we Christians need to be different we need to be different we need to love and we need to to care for those who are not well And of course there's a fear of getting sick or infected, but we forget that we can still do it and do it safely. We can still care and care safely. Um, You can still care from home. You can still pray. You can still send resources while you are home without going anywhere. You can still take care of a COVID patient and be safe. And I say to myself, I'll give that percentage of safety a try and I'll rely on God for full safety uh, and protection. And so here I am on day number five. I am going to begin another 10 to 14 days of isolation uh, before I can join my family. And I continue to pray that I'm negative. I continue to hope that I'm negative. I tried my best to remain safe I tried my best to not get infected I wore two masks I had my sanitizer all the time stayed away from mom when I arrived we uh, fist greeted and she pulled at her sanitizer immediately and sprayed my hand that's the only physical contact I've had with my mom Um, Tried to stay away from her when I entered the room she tried most of the time to wear her mask there were days she couldn't because of uh, shortness of breath, but this was not shortness of breath, sorry. Um, she never experienced any of that, at least yet. Um, but she mentioned that the doctor said, once in a while, take off your mask because you need the fresh air. And so there were days I would enter the sitting room and her mask is not on. Uh, but I'll try and sit as far as possible from her and keep my two masks on. Um, I never sat in that sitting room more than 30 minutes. I'll take short breaks, go outside and catch some fresh air come back, sanitize the seat where I'm going to sit, and I did try to be careful as much as possible. And so let's hope for for the best, continue to pray for those who are in the house and are still taking care of mom. This is day five, and uh, just finished my quiet time, and I will be heading out soon uh, to be with mom, um, one final time before I return to start my 10-day quarantine. Hope for the best, and I pray that uh, all will go well. Going on for another maybe 10 miles of a bicycle ride, pray for good weather, I'm praying that uh, God will watch over me for safety and traffic on the road. Um, but I'm still preparing also to read for mom psalm 5 today Uh, i hope that uh, some of the words it's fairly not as as difficult but of course there are some passages even in english where there's some difficulty but one of the verses that stood out for me today is uh, verse 3 where it says oh lord in the morning you hear my voice in the morning i prepare a sacrifice for you and uh, watch others say and i wait in expectation and uh, today I began to. I once again appreciated the um, the concept of a quiet time, waking up early, and uh, just going before God and uh, communicating to Him that He hears our voice, and it gives confidence that He knows what's going to be happening through the day, and we wait to see His hand. And of course, the good that He does. We have a tendency as human beings to attribute that good to ourselves, what we have done and how we've taken care of mom and how we bought the medicine, which medicine worked, which method worked. I'll be honest with you, I cannot say one method worked or the other. The only one that I know is that God is great, he's strong, he's the healer. Even for those He chooses not to heal, uh, we know that death is not the end. Death is not the end, and that is still Him that gives us a living hope. And So the only one thing that I know that keeps each one of us going, that we have surety in, is the hand of God. Him dying on the cross, Him giving us life through the resurrection. That is the only living hope. And we will stand on that to push on through today. That is living hope. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, please allow me to encourage you if you're going through a worse situation than what I have just shared. I have no right to say that I know what you're going through because I don't. Uh, This is what I know. God knows what you're going through. Now, one may ask, if he knows, why doesn't he do something about it? Well, that is another question I cannot answer on behalf of God. I would only encourage you not to lose heart. Whatever you do, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. May we remember this truth in moments when we do not know what to do. God bless you and hope to see you in the next episode.